Ridge Bowlers here, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Dad Mindset Show. Today, I chat with multiple New York Emmy Award-winning artist, staff maker, and father of two, Mac Primo. If you've been a user of WeTransfer over the last couple of years, you'll probably have seen Mac's short film, The Bunt Machine, which I found absolutely captivating. If you've not seen it yet, just Google The Bunt Machine, spelled B-U-N-T, and I promise that even if you only vaguely like making things, you're going to love this two-and-a-half-minute film. The Bunt Machine hints at how deeply Mac cares about his daughters and how seriously he undertakes what he thinks, and I agree wholeheartedly, is one of the most important jobs in the world, being a parent. We cover so many topics on fatherhood, and Mac is such a generous speaker that I really hope you love this talk with Mac Primo. You're Mac Primo, American stuff maker. Welcome to the show. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. If I was really good, I'd be able to respond to one. But, uh, <laughs> Took me ages. Years away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Mac, what, what is it about haikus? What was the inspiration there? That, well, with haiku, I, I, I think what it was is um, with Instagram, and that's where my hike, I, whenever I post something in, uh, on Instagram, I, my personal mandate is there has to be a haiku that accompanies, accompanies it. And, um, I feel like the sort of flood of look what I ate for lunch today kind of um, what Instagram at the time was sort of like, it felt like I was looking at a lot of what people were eating or like yeah. terrible footage of their kids or, you know, um, sort of an uncurated, unfettered sort of uh, like sort of inward spacing vomit. And so I wanted to give like, you know, I, I, I wanted to give myself parameters and limitations because as an artist, it is actually, Constri- the sort of totally unfettered uh, assignment or unfettered like opportunity is actually very, very intimidating and sometimes um, weirdly uh, like paralyzing. So restraints and constraints and boundaries um, are all really weirdly helpful. And so that's one I just applied to myself. It's a, it's a constraint I, I, I self-mandated in order to say, in essence, if I'm going to post about something, I have to care enough about it to also make a poem about it yeah now because uh, you've got two daughters haven't you what ages are they i do frida is 12 she'll be 13 in august and lenny uh eleanor but we call her lenny is nine for two more days she'll be 10 on three more days she'll be 10 on monday ah awesome and uh and can you just share what oh actually no um <laughs> i better take that out actually because it might be a secret What's that? i was going to say can you share what you what you're actually making right now for it but obviously oh sure not do no that. it's not <laughs> not really a oh i'm happy to it's not really a secret i mean i don't know when she i don't i doubt that she's going to be listening to true yeah yeah, yeah that's <laughs> or true. so i mean or a friend or pass it on to yeah they they, they um they know every year i make them a gift every year i've made them a collage uh for their birthday it's usually by their birthday i make it about the year prior and it's really just you know a couple of them don't have any writing at all it's just their name or their letter of their name and a number and some of them have little heartfelt notes and it's just i try to take the time to reflect make these objects for them and reflect what i've learned from them over the past year that's kind of what a what the the exercise is for me and then you know they'll they'll have a a bunch of uh, like totems of 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 my um observations or yeah yeah. my observations and also just it's almost like a like a physical journal in a sense you know it's like the the pieces grow the 
the way I make art changes and grows, but also more than anything, what I learned from them and what, what, what the, the, they grow, you know? And so it's like a little physical track or a little physical marker of, of, of those years, um, to some degree. And I, and I, and I hope they like, they like them, you know, they'll have something to put on a shelf or, or not. It's up to them. But, um, I, it's, it's, I don't care about anything in the world as much as I care about my daughters. And so it is a, like I have to somehow take that and put it next to art yeah. for me, you know, for yeah, just yeah. for my sake. <laughs> no, I think it's epic. And, um, so, I mean, obviously art is a big part of your life. Um, mm-hmm. I love the video that you did about the art versus commercialness. Uh, I think it's in a Q and A stuff the as talk. well. Yeah, yeah. That, that was yeah. really good too. And and it sounds that obviously there's there's huge tension there a lot of the time, but you definitely seem yeah. to have married the two together. So uh, nice work. <laughs> now, thank um, you. <laughs> the, these are pretty strange times at the moment as well. Like, where yeah. are you right now? I'm right now physically right now. I'm in my studio. It's about a mile from my house, and we are lucky enough to have a car. So, um, and parking is very good in New York these days, or uh, <laughs> very, very very accessible anyway. So, um, I drove here. There's nobody really. There's nobody else in the building. There are a few other people, but the, each studio is is separate. And and I'm the only one who's ever in this room anyway, for the most part, or, yeah. or certainly in the past couple months. Um, and so I uh, I've come in. I a few times this week work is starting to pick back up. So I'm going to have to come in more. Um, but really I've spent most of the time at home. I have not been artistically inspired. Um, and I have wanted to stay, you know, in this sort of family unit. I've it's, it's, it's been, um, I haven't wanted to leave really. Yeah. You know, I haven't really wanted to, it feels weird. It feels like it, the world feels a little scary in New York and, not because there are like zombies walking around. As a matter of fact, it's a pretty beautiful day this afternoon and people all over the place. That's kind of scary. <laughs> That's scary, yeah. yeah and, um, but it just feels like, it just feels like I know that there's danger out there and I don't want to bring any of that back into the house. Yeah, yeah. It's really more the, more the feeling. How do, you, how do you think you guys as a family have evolved over the last few weeks being in lockdown? That's a great, that's a great question. Um, I think... I'm really very uh, happy with the the way that my wife and I have um, have been dealing with each other. It feels great. We work together, so we're already used to being you know together all day. But this is totally different, and and I just feel like we're really good buddies right now. Um, we always have been. I mean, that's that's she's my best friend in the world, and 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 um, but I feel like we're you know, we're not fighting much. We're on the same when something gets tense. We're like, okay, how do we fix this? How do we, well, not, not how do we fix this, but how do we get around this for the minute? Because we're, no, we're not going to fix anything. Yeah. There's nothing's fixable right yeah, now. Yeah. Right. So I've, I'm really, I'm, I'm feeling really close to her in that sense. And I feel very fortunate. I'm really, really, um, proud of my kids. They both handled it, uh, incredibly well. Um, having said that, I know they're dealing with stuff that I am not completely aware of or capable of even, managing we've tried very hard to not make this a time of lessons but make it a time of 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 like partnership and dealing yeah because it's like and, and that's not the doors aren't off the you know aren't, aren't off the barn there and it's not like go ahead yes eat chocolate for breakfast fine whatever. oh you haven't got to but that stage yet <laughs> not quite but the, no. but, the, but nutella pancakes are more frequent than they used to be you know yes yeah. but it, but it is um 
but it is a little bit less like, you know, we're trying uh, to, to be a little bit more sort of, uh, I don't know what the right Make, word making is. Making the best of the situation or just, yeah. And not trying to like come down and, and be totally hardcore about a bunch of rules or bedtime or how much screen time. Cause it's like the screen time, especially with Lenny, she's on the, she has a phone that doesn't have a data plan. It's just got internet. Right. So she's just FaceTiming with her best friend for yeah. like four hours a day, which sounds insane, but she's hanging out with her best friend. And often I'll like, she's reading. And yeah. her best friend is just there on FaceTime and they're talking about stuff. And it's like, this is the substitute for, the, I mean, I, I've seen them together. They, the first thing they do every day when they see each other at school is run to each other and hug. Yeah. So it's like, she doesn't have that. She doesn't have that in life for seven weeks now. And it's very hard. And so I'm like, dude, you want to FaceTime with her? You want to FaceTime with Aaron for more hours than I think are appropriate screen time? <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. You know? My my daughter Annie's the same. So she was on yeah. like screen time. For, How old is she? She's uh, just turned ten. She's the ten. Okay, so she's the same age as Lenny, basically. Yeah, and she was on the screen yeah. for I don't know. It was it felt like hours one day, and mm -hmm. I, I was like, oh man, this isn't awesome from a screen time perspective. Mm -hmm. But then Sarah yeah. pulled me aside and went, you know, actually she's not getting to hang out and sit next to her best friend. You know, like all that face to face yeah. time they get. And I was like. Yeah, yeah, good point. All right, so it's it's all good. It's all good. You you go yeah. at it. You go yeah. at it, Annie. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it is. It is that. It is that thing. My wife was the the, the cooler head in that situation as well, and she's like, so just think about what she's not doing. She doesn't get the opportunity to, you know, be with physical people. Like, who's the last time? It was funny. I went when I took we took her over. So I was saying earlier to you. Um, Last Sunday, we drove over to her best friend's house and we said, let's go visit your best friend. We'll have to stand six feet away. And when we told her that, she actually got really upset. My daughter got really upset, Lenny, uh, at the prospect. And it was because she was going to be close, but not as close as she wanted to be. And it was going to feel unfair and it was going to feel like more like torture. Yeah. And that's a heavy load for a nine-year-old. That's weird. That's like this, like... I, I am going to, I mean, she talks to, they talk to each other all the day. So all every single day. So it's not like they haven't been in touch, but just the idea of being physically um, like remotely close to a person without being able to enact physicality was something that really upset her. It might be and like special a, torture. I mean, yeah. But I mean, I feel like, you know, you and I could talk about that. I saw a friend, I wanted to hug him so bad. I'm, you know, but it's like, no, you know, but it's like that, I don't think that she quite exactly has the emotional vocabulary to deal with it. I barely do. Yeah. You know, me, me and neither, so yeah. how, do, and so how can you expect a nine year old to, but I didn't realize, I guess that corner of the toll that was being taken on her wasn't something that I had quite realized. Maybe not something that she quite realized until that prospect was put to her. So I don't know. I hope we're doing okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to lay off, but I'm also trying to be present. And as you know, I mean, that's what we all do as dads, but, in this time of like, goodbye, you're going to school in your room for the next three hours on a computer. It, it can be a little bit dip, more difficult to be, uh, to be present. I, I find that we're in the same house and I'm having more difficulty being present, yeah. which is really weird. It, it is, isn't it? And sometimes people need their yeah. own space as well. And you got to like trying to yeah. balance that is, is tough. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. 
I, I, although, I mean, looking at some of the things on Instagram that you've been posting recently, I noticed that you guys had a nail gun class. So you've had like, we did. The, you've had the flip side of this and picked some really epic things to be doing. <laughs> now, uh, what, what, what has been yes. your favorite class or class in, during lockdown? With the, with the girls? Well, nail gun class was pretty great. Um, actually, no, I know exactly. The, the, the best thing, it was jumping fences class was last week. And as a skateboarder, <laughs> as a lifelong skateboarder, there's the adage, never stop jumping fences, yeah. which means, you know, you know, you, you get yourself in a little bit of trouble, but you go and you find the world, right? So we live right behind, so, you know, in New York, you sort of like, there's the front of your house, those are the front of our houses on 14th Street, but then we've got our backyard and we can see over to 13th Street on the other side, right? And so behind our house is this big, huge, gorgeous Catholic church that's been deconsecrated. I think that's the word, which means it's, it's no, no longer, longer and right after we moved in that this process happened. As a New Yorker, we're totally worried about a million things. Like, are they going to turn in, are they going to rip it down and make a huge condo building? Yeah. Is it going to become like a yuppie condo building called the rectory? You know, yeah. it's like, there. Yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, we can't, there's a bunch of stuff we can't control, but it's a big, beautiful church that's been, um, that's just dark. And we see it from our backyard. It's this big sort of imposing figure. So I suited up the other day, got my mask and my gloves, and I went to my local hardware store and stayed away from Amazon. Happy May Day. <laughs> Although we have been using, we've been using Amazon a lot, but this is like, I know I can get this stuff at Leopoldi's. So I went to Leopoldi's and I got um, some floodlights and some uh, yard, like yard lamps that you like spikes and like a couple hundred feet of extension cord. Ah, cool. Um, and Fried and I jumped the fence. And we put lights at each one of the columns and then we ran the cord into our yard and we plugged it in. So we're using our, you know, our energy. We're not like stealing energy and um, plugged it in. And uh, that night it was like, man, it was like, and Frida, when she looked at up, up, they call me Poppy. The girls call me Poppy. She she looked up at the church and said, give me a high five. And she said, look what we did, Poppy. And I was like, well, it was just (laughs) best. That was just so incredible. And then Lenny, has my favorite class with Lenny is gym class, which usually happens around nine o'clock at night. We have a swing in the backyard, which is like a, a rope swing. It's like one piece of rope with this wood disc at the bottom. And, you know, I yeah. push the girls on and, and Lenny so, so much computer all day. She's on, she's doing class. She's talking to her friend and then we don't have much space to go out, but she gets energy at like nine. And yeah. so we go out and we spend about half an hour just on the swing and I push her. Sometimes I light a little fire and she just talks. And she always is like, am I talking too much? And I'm like, no way, dude. Just you keep- can just keep, <laughs> just keep going. And so we spent half an hour on the swing. Just I, I mainly listen. Um, so those are my two favorite classes. Jumping, jumping fences class and then the nightly, uh, the nightly gym class. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Uh, that's great, Mike. Now, you said you were so proud when Frida opted out of a readathon because she didn't feel that reading oh. should be motivated or corrupted by competition. What, what other yes. proud moments spring to mind? I mean, obviously, jump, the jumping <laughs> fences is an epic moment. The, most, the, the, the single first one that jumps to mind with Frida and is absolutely incredible. Is years, I'll, I'll try and make this story really brief. Um, no, no, I can, go ahead. I can make it long. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a Sunday. It was like a year and a half ago or something, and a buddy of mine called me up, and he said, yo, we're short a player on, a so- on our softball game tonight. Do you want to? sub in do you want to play and it's like oh man great they're playing this cool little park um, downtown and then i was like hey Frida, i'm gonna go play softball do you want to go it's a nice sunday late summer sunday night and she's like yeah sure so we hopped in the car and i was like i should go 
right near the park is this like um, a, a cable place. Like uh, we needed to replace our cable box, like some, like our modem or something had like, ex- like it was, we needed the new model. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can do this. I, I'll just run it Sunday afternoon, whatever. I'll run in real quick. And it's like running an errand basically. We get to this place. And of course I, I'm a bonehead. It's like, there are 40 people there. Why wouldn't there be, you know, like they're all running errands on the weekend too. The thing that was so frustrating was there were literally 34 people ahead of me in line. And there's a video thing that has the number of, you know, who, who's next in line. And there were like a dozen desks open and there were only two guys working. Oh, nice. And it was one of these classic things. And then I was looking at my watch going, you know, back, you know, doing the backwards math and when the softball game is going to start. And like, obviously I'm trying to do too many things and I'm sort of huffing a bit and I'm like, oh. yeah. And at one point, and I'm not, you know, like openly cussing, but I'm like clearly like, you know, frustrated by the time and how long is this going to take? And Frida says, she asked me, she says, what's the matter, Poppy? And I said, I'm just, it's frustrating because it's like, there are 35 people waiting here and there are only two people working. And it's just, it's very frustrating for me. And without trying to be like teaching me a lesson or wagging your finger, I swear it just, I, I think it just, this is the way her brain works. She said, yeah huh, must be pretty frustrating for the people working here too. Ah. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> and it just, I mean, my whole world just like reframed. And yeah. I, oh, I felt like, I felt like a fool, but I also felt like the luckiest man on earth to, to have been some part of, you know, raising a human who thinks that way, you know? And it's like, that's how I should have always been thinking my whole life. I should be thinking like that. And just, that was like just a super epic moment. And then the other, the other with Lenny um, was last year when she turned nine. I can't remember. I don't think we were recording earlier when I told you this story, right? No. The, about, no. Go, okay. Okay. So last year when she turned nine, we asked what she wanted for her birthday and she wanted to go to Chinatown for this special dumping place. But then after that, what she wanted for her birthday was just to take a walk with me. And it was like, and when you say I mean, walk with you, that, uh, uh, like a walk, just you and her, like, just the two of us, we took a 90 minute walk through Chinatown at like, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock at night, walking around Manhattan with my nine year old. And I felt like I, I just, I felt like the greatest human being on earth. You know, it just made, it just felt like it just, it, it felt, it, it felt incredible. It felt like I was, uh, I was the one getting the gift, you know? So the, and I think the lesson there is like the, what, what I learned from Lenny is like, she's just present, you know, when she's with you, she's so with you. And that presence is, is not, you can, I can't really verbalize it because it's not a verbal thing. It's just being present. And when she's aloof, she's aloof. She's good at both. <laughs> but when she's, when she's really present, it just feels like magic. Yeah. Uh, that's epic. <laughs> the, um, actually one of the things that I noticed on your, uh, it's one of your Instagrams that I picked up. You you wrote a, a haiku. I think it was about. I, I'm not sure which of the daughters it was because she was. You were hugging her, and it was oh, not all writ tomes, nor all times yeah. poetic words match one of her hugs. Yeah, and um, yeah, I can totally resonate with those moments because they are That's, they're, they're yeah. priceless, aren't they? And they di- they're they're different quality. Like Frida, you know, they all have different qualities. But like, and not that I don't love hugging Frida, but like I said, she's kind of getting punk rock these days. So there are a lot of spikes on her. So it's a little <laughs> less comfortable. Although my kids but say the, the same about me with a beard, and they're like, oh, "You're too be, spiky." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way that the way that Lenny hugs 
is just like, it's incredible. My mom always, you know, she always said, you give me, you give the best hugs. My mom would say that. And it was like, I thought it was just something the mom said. Right. But now it's like, Oh no, you, there is, there is like a, a hug metric like, like you can yeah there's a hug metric exactly exactly <laughs> and like lenny's hugs like she squeezes real hard so you got to get ready man and it's like they're just epic they're just absolutely incredible and so yeah that was one of my favorite haikus actually <laughs> that particular one about the hug <laughs> now um like uh i think the first time i came across your work mac was the the bunt uh the bunt machine video and in mm-hmm. there like one of the lines is all around you are holidaying in oregon uh, which inspired mm-hmm. the the bump machine, and yes. what, what's the what's your most memorable vacation? Uh, Japan. The four of us went to Tokyo and uh, Kyoto two years ago, and it was it it was a changing experience for <clears throat> for for many reasons. Um, for me, <clears throat> on a, just on a personal builder note, I noticed in Japan that like there aren't two by fours. Two by fours. I don't know if that's a I don't know if you guys in Australia use two by fours as a, uh, like a yeah, regular it's, it's, building it's material. It's ninety by forty-five, but we call them two by fours. Yeah, it's it's yeah, the ninety by there aren't ninety by forty-fives or two by fours. They have like one inch by one inch pieces of like beautifully milled lumber, and they usually come in six instead of eight foot. The plywood instead of being four foot by eight foot is five foot by three foot. Everything everything just had a far more human scale and a far more considered construction, and that's just the building materials yeah. before you even get into the actual buildings, but. That was sort of my own, my, that changed me in the terms of the way that I think about things and build things. But the thing that was just so incredibly moving as a family is that we were all on equal footing. Not, and Frida spoke, spoke the most Japanese of all of us. So in the morning, we'd get up and we'd go get coffee and she would order it. And I don't remember what she, and I, I remember it was, um, 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 uh, I must goes, what's it, goes, what's the? Uh, yeah, Arigato Gozamas. Arigato gozaimasu. And I would say stuff like, Arigato Aizagoma. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she would like help me. And it was like, and I was literally that bad at it. Like, really not even being a dad, you know, and like <laughs> saying it funny. Like, I just sucked. And so she was really this guiding light and like, watch. It was like, we were just, we were all discovering a place through absolutely fresh equal eyes. Yeah. So it was just this incredible thing. Obviously, like, we had to make sure that they were safe on the subway and stuff like that. Right. But like, in terms of looking around you and discovering, it was this sort of egalitarian almost, or this this very, um, I, I might be the wrong word, but a ve- it was like this equalizing and sharing shared experiences because the perspectives that Lenny brought to the table were like, dude, I never thought of that, yeah. you know, and you're so used to being the expert and like knowing, and that that was just so incredible. And it this- was just an in, in, unbelievable trip and there's so much to take in there this like it's the probably yeah. the most amount of stimulus you can have yeah in in any... you said you lived there yeah i was there for four years oh wow so, what part uh in tokyo so a little suburb called in... saginomia which is just about saginomia. 7k from like shinjuku and uh okay okay I, I worked in shinjuku itself like just around the corner in kabukicho the gambling district where everyone takes those yeah. photos with all the big sort of restaurant columns yeah with the, the lights the neon and we were in um we were out in Naguro in sort of like a hip district what was it called Naguro. oh man can't near, remember near Sh- I, I, anyway i saw the crossing I on your instagram that. like the the shibuya yeah. crossing yeah, 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 yeah. The best yeah, we, place we, in the world we, to do uh, a stop motion. It's 
So great. Yeah. That, that was the Starbucks on the second floor. And we went up there. Frida ordered me a coffee. And then I was able to <laughs> look out the window. It was, yeah. That, that trip was just so epic in so many ways. And, and, and um, I mean, it is like, it almost feels like a before marker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, the, the life lessons learned were before Japan and after Japan or from Japan and then after Japan. So right. it's a different perspective. Yeah. It created a different perspective and a different lensing. So, so now we see the world through a different lens, having, having gone through that together, you know, and that's like having gone through that together in a positive light, you know, I, I feel very, very, very fortunate that having gone through something doesn't mean a war. It doesn't mean, a, you know, like what's happening to families and dads you know, yeah. in Syria or something like that yeah. right now. So it was, it was definitely life changing. Wow. That's awesome. And what a place. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, yeah. Yeah. With with that though, I mean, you say you, you sort of all went there together. You did, you hadn't sort of that was fresh eyes for everyone. What places yeah. would you really like to take the girls th- that were special for you as a kid that you haven't taken them yet, or somewhere you wanted to go as a kid, or yeah, um, actually somewhere you've well, been that you you really do want to go and and it not be that egalitarian sort of view. Yeah, yeah. When well, when my um when my kids were younger, I was still going to Belfast a lot, but we haven't been for four or five years, and we've taken them they're probably they've probably each been to belfast at least three or four times but i don't i don't think frida's been there since she was eight and so i'd like to go back to belfast now um um but i am i am losing interest in showing my daughters things i really am i'm i'm far more interested in what they are starting to show me yeah so there are places from my youth that i'd like to go back but i'd like to watch them from what they see i think i mean my mom moved from dc to baltimore about three years ago and I grew up outside of DC. So I think it'd be fun to go back to DC and start seeing some of that, some of my youth stomping grounds. Um, but from, from some of their perspective, um, uh, I try to think of other places that I've spent or spent time. I don't feel, and I don't feel like there's a, like a thing I'm dying to show my kids. Um, and I think that is, I think that really is a perspective that has the benefit of the, post Japanese lens because I realized how much they show me in those incidents that it's still like, I'm curious to go share stuff with them, you know what I mean? But not necessarily like, I don't know. I'm, I'm careful that my wife's dad is an incredible man. I love Frank. He's an incredible human, incredible grandfather. Um, but he would be like, he would always do like, check out this song. You know, he would, and yeah. I love that. I respond to that, but Adriana, my wife doesn't. And it's like, for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, what is that song? Oh, yeah, what is that place? Oh, cool, you know. But for her, it kind of made her, like, a little less interested. So I'm very cautious of that because there's so much of my wife in our girls that um, I want to make sure not to – I want to sort of take take her cues. You know, that's the other thing. Like, we've got two girls. She – my wife is a woman. There's there's a perspective that I need to – like listen to her about because I'm just am not going to know it. Yeah. You know? Gotcha. No, it's a, it's a great point. I hadn't thought of it like that, Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I think I've, I've sort of thought back cause obviously I live the other side of the world from where 
yeah like i grew up and so there are definitely things i want to take the kids to go see i mean we've got castles in england and all that sort of stuff yeah you know, that cool yeah, stuff yeah but uh but i love that i i, I can recognize now just thinking about it, there's so much in the world that i, I haven't seen yet and so got, like yeah. keeping that sort of the fresh stuff as well to then experience together yeah. is a really great idea i hadn't thought of it that way um yeah. how are your kids your kids are you have two girls and one boy yeah Two girls, okay. So Annie's uh, just about, well, she's just turned 10. Uh, Emily's uh, just about to turn eight and Will's five. Will, cool. Yeah, he just wants to fight all the time at the moment during uh, <laughs> 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 I, I never, th- uh, I, I never th- realized that, you know, people, kids are just wired differently. And, and well, certainly yeah. boys and girls seem to be wired completely differently. That's all he wants to do. Uh, but I, I so guess he's, he's not getting it with his mates at the moment. So, you know, I, I, yeah, right. I, I get to win yeah. out, though. I just get, like, extra yeah. uh, dad dad will time. <laughs> oh, that's great. He's getting oh, strong as well. Like, he gets for the full neck, yeah. the neck <laughs> grapple. I just, just crank on that choke. <laughs> no boundaries. <laughs> no, yeah, none. There's, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's certainly not an off switch either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, I, I love what yeah. you've said, Mac, about learning to trust yourself. Where when you learn to trust yourself, the steps you take get a lot bigger. And even if they're in the wrong direction, they're in a direction which is very important. So, mm-hmm. how do you think? You know, did I um, say that? Yeah, you did. It's like oh I was like, God. yeah, geez, that's really thoughtful. <laughs> when did I say that? Oh, that was during the during the Q and A. Oh, so, was it? Okay. Oh. And um, okay. I, I was just wondering, like, uh, how do you think the girls are, are growing to trust themselves, or have you played a part uh, in in that at all? Definitely. I've played a big part in that because I'm passing down what my parents passed to me. Um, my parents, I, I went to, when I went to go to art school, they were like, which art school, you know? And like, not, not just like, sure, do whatever you want. But they're like, if you're serious about that, then how do we foster that dream? My mom always said, if you're lucky enough to have a dream, you owe it to that dream to follow it. And so it's like, it wasn't gonna be like, go do whatever you want. It was like, well, great. If you have a dream, now you have to work twice as hard. Yeah. But I showed that. And I showed that, that I wasn't going to do it. And I wasn't going to back down from it. And so they were like, great, cool. Let's do that. I, one of the best conversations I've ever had with my dad in my life was probably about 10 years ago, right after Frida was born. And my dad is one of my, you know, like, I, I can't even say my dad's one of my best friends. My dad is my dad. You know, I love nobody on this earth. Like I love my dad. Right. And we we're sitting in a bar and I each had a beer and leaned back in my bar stool, pushed back on the back legs a little bit and without looking directly in the eye. I said, pop, I don't exactly know what you do for a living. <laughs> I mean, I do sort of parameters, yeah. but like, I don't know the ins yeah. and outs, right? And I, and I said, I don't think you exactly know what I do. And without looking at me, he just took this sip of beer and he went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> but it's like, but the trust there of, you know, I mean, we do, we, we're very much in touch and we know each other, but it's like, there's a, there's a certain point when you start talking to someone about a completely different vocation the vernacular isn't there. The details, you don't quite fully get it, right? So, but that that is what I'm trying to, I'm trying to follow the lead they set for me, which is like, listen to your kids, trust your kids. Just in the same way that like artistically, you know, I've, I've had to, not had to, just in the same way that artistically I have learned to trust myself, you kind of find the, the work speaks back to you, right? And then you, you learn so much more about it from, from observing than from mandating. Um, and with the kids, with the girls, it's the sort of same, this, the same idea of like, not just, you know, 
there's a fine line between tell me what you want to do and you can do anything you want, but it's like empowering them to be able to do anything they want. Not they can just go and do anything they want. Yeah. It's everything that's worth doing is going to be hard work. It's going to take, there's going to be failure involved. There are going to be lessons. So it's, I guess it's raising people not who just can go do whatever they want, but have the power to do anything they want is the goal. And that really, that really did come from, you know, from my folks, from, from, from my, from my parents. Yeah. Uh, Can you think of any examples when your dad and your mom sort of actually helped you on that journey? Uh, specific examples or, yeah, I mean, well, like, so, well, a lot, I mean, I'm flooded with them. <laughs> I'm really, to be honest, really, it's, it's, I mean, one thing my mom always said that I just, I think is the most, if I had only one sentence to parent by, it would be this, which is you don't raise children, you raise adults. And I think that is the most like encapsulating piece of advice yeah uh because it 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 also means that it's going to take a really long time you know what i mean it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't happen quickly um i mean it does it feels quick but it doesn't actually occur quickly yeah um and and you know my mom my mom and i would do skip day every every semester when i was growing up which is like one one day a semester we'd skip school and go do something um if I got a certain grade level, right? So it was like, and it wasn't like all A's, but it was like, you, you can't, you gotta be doing well enough. And then let's go take the day off and drive into the city and check out this museum. There's an art show there. There's stuff like that, you know? So it was always, and what, you know, it was different. It was rewards like that. And then also just my father, uh, with my father, it was, you know, similar, just always being curious about, I, you know, let me back up for a second. My father, I have two half sisters from um, Emily and, and Claire, my sisters, from my dad's second marriage. Yeah. Right. And they're, they're a little bit younger uh, than me. Emily's, I think, 18 years younger than me. So quite, quite younger than me. So I got to watch my dad. I got to watch my dad from the perspective of being a kid. And then I got to watch my dad, dad, two kids. Yeah. And it was very interesting. And we're all, I'm, I'm very fortunate with, with uh, you know, I love my siblings. We're very different people. Not dramatically different but we're different people but my father's enthusiasm and specific enthusiasm for my older sister Kate who was like you know my mentor in so many ways and then my younger sisters Claire and Emily my father's ability to be honestly and specifically enthusiastic about each one of our endeavors and pursuits is totally inspiring and it's because he's interested it's not because he acts interested. It's because he loves us and he is interested. Yeah. And, you know, that interest can bring you into fields that you hadn't chose to do for your own life, right? Like, he doesn't want to make bunt machines, right? <laughs> but, like, he, you know, is, you know he's not a, a, a sculptor or a filmmaker, but his his interest set is there. Yeah. Um, and that's vicarious through me, and that... <laughs> You know, that's almost in a weird way, like a responsibility to him. And that feels good. It feels great to be trusted like that. Do you think it's like one of his superpowers being interested? Yes. And I think it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's what kind of like if you ask what he does for a living, he'll say, I'm a people person. Um, and what that means, he's in, he works in, he's, he's always been in transportation and he worked in government for a long time. And then he moved to a, 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 a private engineering firm. But really, it's about like brokering deals for a subway to be built here or like a, or being part of the, the this part of the people system that goes into building a system like a subway system, right? 
So he really is about connecting people. So I think part of the reason he seems so interested is because he actually is interested. He would always tell me we'd be driving through like, we'd be driving to like a toll booth and he'd just remind me like everyone's a person was the line, which I love that line. Yeah. Everyone's a person. He's like, think about it, like, there's no difference between Abe Lincoln and the guy that we're going to like, you know, pay at the Jersey toll booth. In yeah. Minutes, you know, and um, hammered that in. And, you know, everyone's a person is something that fascinates him. I mean, I remember driving through Chinatown as a kid and he would he'd look out the window and be like, look at this, everyone trying to make a buck. And he was just, you could see his brain going in like, what's that guy's story? What's her story? What's she about? How many grandkids does she have? What, you know, like you, you could sort of yeah. see this sort of curiosity that I thought was fascinating. That's awesome. Uh, were there yeah. any other people other than your dad that you look to as role models for being a father or you've seen? Well, my, mo- my mom, I mean, my mom is probably my biggest role model for being a father. And, and I, and I say that with all due respect to my dad and, and both of them, my parents divorced when I would, they separated when I was seven, I lived with my mom. Um, so it was my mom, my sister and I, and, uh, Whereas I've absolutely sought the advice and, and, and role modelship from my father um, to be a father. I have also looked to my mom to be a father because I think she taught me that there isn't so much thing. There's not so much such a thing as a father as there is a parent. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a parent who happens to be a father and um, that I don't think she ever delineated that or told me that, but like, she did a lot of the stuff that traditionally dads do and she didn't bat an eye. Yeah. And she just did. And she also didn't try to be a dude when she did it, you know? So yeah. she parented. She was know, totally she authentic in it. Oh yeah. My mom is very authentic. My mom is, she's a hell of a storyteller and can be comfortable in any company, but she is a, a genuinely incredible and authentic. <laughs> I'm glad you touched on storytelling because, um, you, you've actually said in the past, like you want people to have really good stories to tell about having spent time with you, Mac. So yeah. what story would you most like Frida and Lenny to remember about you? If, you know, Paris thought the worst, you know, should get hit by a bus tomorrow or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's, and you know, you, it's weird, it's apparent you think about that. You know, with this whole COVID thing, you know, I, 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 the, the 4 a.m. shakes, you know, when you wake up at 4 a.m. and you just feel weird and everything feels unsettled. A few of them, especially at the onset, were like, I can't leave my girls. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't go away from them. And I, you know, um, and of course, you don't have any control. I mean, I, I'm resting as much control from that as I possibly can and trying to be safe. But, you you know, the hit by a bus thing is what it is. So you, you always think about that weird shit. And um, I think specific stories with us right now what's resonating so much in my mind is is having jumped that fence and lit that church with Frida that one and it it was only a couple days ago but that felt like it felt like there were a lot of lessons in that um not and not lessons that I was teaching her yeah lessons that we recognized from the world around us yeah you just experienced yeah boundaries are false and beauty is shared you know this this is these are lessons that that we discovered by doing that together um i don't know with lenny it's like you know that that i mean i have so many more stories about lenny than she might have about me just because she's like the most she's got the biggest heart of anyone i've ever met and so she's very empathic and she just she'll say something that is that melts your heart not even mean to you know what i mean and so i don't know i wonder what what lenny would 
I wonder if there's a specific story. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in the, in a quote that I'm about to not exactly get right, but that illustrates the point even more. <laughs> Maya Angelou once said something along the lines of, no one will remember exactly what you said. No one will remember exactly how you said it, but they'll remember how it made them feel. Yeah. And that's kind of what I, what I, what I want people to, to, well, my daughters thinking of that, I want, I want them to feel like if something ever goes wrong, they don't say, Oh shit, we can't tell pop. They, yeah. I want them to say something went wrong. I got to tell pop. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the difference. And, and that's, you know, that's the trust I'm trying to build now. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard. Uh, it's, it's not easy. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm like at the point where it's like, I'm, my mom also taught me a lot of manners and both of my children have superb manners. Yes. Yeah. So proud of that. But manners are also, um, they're also a, a like they're a front. They're they're not real. They're they're an act. They're 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 a performance or and um, they're an edifice. That's yeah. the word I was looking for, right? And so Lenny is going through some stuff right now that's tough. And so you know she and I are probably going to grow. Growing up, we're probably going to spar. I can see that, right? <laughs> and that is like how do I handle that? Because I, when I spar with her, I believe in the things I'm fighting about and fighting for. Yeah. So I don't want to just not yeah. impart that. Right. Or, or set those boundaries, but like there's another way to set those boundaries or impart that lesson or, or that's still my job. I'm a parent. I still need to lead. Right. So there, but there are ways to do it where I have to figure out how it's the same lesson, but I got to let go of my style and think about hers and that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really difficult. Totally. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I'm figuring that one out. I'm well, figuring that one out. Let me know as soon as you figure it out, Mac. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm working on that myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, you did say that you've been through some tough times, especially after the GFC and stuff like that, when the girls were like one and three, which you yeah. said were really frustrating for you. Like, yeah. what, what lessons did you take? as a father from that time? Well, the, yeah, the financial meltdown time was, was definitely tough. Um, I think the biggest lesson that I learned from that is um, that r really the most valuable things are right in front of you. And I've been really extremely fortunate um, and privileged of, of past few years to, to start doing well financially through the commercial work. And what that has done for me is that money isn't a worry for me. Um, and back then the hardest part was that money was a worry, but I realized that like money for me, at least my attitude towards it is that it's a medium to whose, whose best act is to get out of its own way. I've, I've never thought about money more than when I didn't have it. Yeah. And now that I do have it, I'm able to not really care about it as much. And that is like the greatest luxury. I mean, that is just a, the definition of privilege right there, but it's where I'm at. And I own that. I, I feel privileged. I feel grateful and, and thankful for that. But what it enables me to do is not worry about that facet of things and re-realize and go back and, and say all the stuff that I cared about was right in front of me anyway. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, 
you know, managing the stress of the realities of life. Like New York's expensive and I had to deal with that. Yeah. But what I was trying to cradle wasn't, you know, an extra home in the Porsche. I was just trying to make sure that the four of us were, were okay. And my wife carried us to that. I'm not afraid or uh, ashamed or any of that shit to say that. Like she totally carried us through that. Yeah. That's why I don't believe like man of the house or where's the pants. These are all vestiges of absolute and total systemic misogyny. Yeah. Um, and they mean, they, they, they mean exactly what they are intended to mean. And it's a power dynamic that's constructed in order to keep women down. And it's bullshit because my wife totally like led us through that. And I am forever appreciative of that and, pr- and proud to say that like I have a badass wife that's awesome <laughs> yeah my wife's the same in the sense that I mean in many senses but we um we did a swap out as well so when my business mm-hmm. sort of came to a screeching halt at one stage we flipped out she got a, a really good job over in Adelaide we moved over to Adelaide for a year and I and I took over as looking after the kids when they were yeah. <clears throat> actually oddly enough the same age one and three and oh wow and yeah. it was such a an epic time. It was really tough. Like, I, you know, my regret, my biggest regret is I, I mean, I kept working. That's not my biggest regret, right? But like, I, I, I kept pushing and we worked it. So I had studio hours because I, I felt like the only way through this is the front door. I can't stop making art. And yeah. I have to keep pushing. I have to double down on it because, it, you know, the, 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 the slowing down during a lull usually means stopping. So I was like, I gotta, I just have to pedal harder, right? But I do, I do feel like I, you know, as we're going through this big restructure thing, like, how is there a way that maybe, how is there a way that maybe like I could be at home when the girls get home because it goes so fast. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I, it's funny, I've traveled a lot recently for my work in the past five years. And at first I, I hated it. Like, a week of depression before I would leave because I just didn't want to leave the girls. Yeah. And my wife was like, what is your problem? I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> fine. And it's so, it's so interesting. It's like, I, I've definitely turned into a homebody in that sense. I'm like, a, frankly, a wimp about it, you know? So, um, I, that sounds like it was, must've been amazing and very difficult to be with your family when they were one and three. Oh, it, it was, I mean, but, um, but I, I sort of, I still tried to keep doing my my job at nighttime. So I'd I'd look uh, after the girls yeah. all day and then come 8:30 they'd be a, a, in bed and then I'd press the on yep. button on the laptop and fire that bad boy up and I'd be there trying to you know work up until like 12:31 in the morning and then I'd get up 6 a.m. They were on. Yes. Sarah Sarah used to cycle off to work and I used to look at her go down the street with envy. You go Oh man, right. you get a full fifteen <laughs> minutes all to yourself. I'm so jealous right. of that. So, right, I remember those days so much because I would do the same thing in terms of like one to six was my sleep time, and you know because I was powering through an artistic world. It was like I wasn't making a whole lot of money, so I had to like work twice as hard. And it was it was just crazy, and like I can't believe how little sleep I got. <laughs> yeah, um, and this was like even after they were infants, and still like <clears throat> somehow didn't die. <laughs> um, but I do also remember those days when you're like, when 15 minutes alone were like a magic show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like incredible. <laughs> totally. Wow. Yeah. What am I going to do with this spare time? Yeah, all this time. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, well, one of my favorite pictures that came through on your feed was um, messages on lunch bags. Can you tell me a bit about that, mm. Mike? My mom used to do that too. She used to draw. <clears throat> she has the most beautiful handwriting. And she would draw stuff for me. And so I just took that a step further <clears throat> with um, 
with the with the girls' lunch bags, or also we we started using these little paper instead of plastic bags. We started using paper bags. <clears throat> Excuse me, paper bags to hold like their pretzels or their sandwich. And then I found like, oh, that I can write on that too. So I started labeling their food like completely erroneous things. Like the I, one of my favorites was I drew a bone and I wrote the femur of my enemy. <laughs> so it was like, you know, that's they're eating yeah. that for lunch instead of, a, you know, a bagel or whatever. So, uh, but it was just, a, it was just another way to sort of like, I think sort of be a little, to be silly and be a little present in their day because yeah. I packed that in lunch and then they'd open it up later and see that or, you know, put it in their book bag and then they'd open up, there's ornate sign about Frida's lunch on her lunch bag. But it was just, just a, like sort of opportunity to share with my girls. And I don't know if they appreciated or liked it or were annoyed by it or whatever, but I never, <laughs> I never made a really big production of it. I just sort of like put it there yeah. and was like, just remember your dad's like a weirdo who makes art yeah. for what it's worth. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know, take it or leave it. You don't have to like it, but it is what it is. Yeah. So. Well, one of my favorite things growing up was joke telling. Like that was uh -huh. the core of like, if I heard a joke, I'd get super excited. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, my friend Chris has not heard this one. I can't wait to tell him. Right. Or, I can't wait to tell yeah. Carl in the bar on Friday. This is epic. And I just, <laughs> I could hardly hang on to it. I just had to like, go tell the boys a new joke was like gold. And so, um, for a while, whenever I'm, well, I don't often do it, but whenever I do pack the lunch boxes, I try and write little mm -hmm. jokes and put them on post-it uh -huh. notes, put them yeah. in. And yeah. I, I don't know whether they think they're probably like, oh, dad, you're such a weirdo or, you know, you're so, but it's like, like, and, and your jokes are now dad jokes, which is, yeah. you know, they might be the same exact jokes you told before you had children, but somehow now they're like, they've got this extra level of corniness. Yeah. Even if they're literally the same words, yep. they still have like, it's extra corny somehow. <laughs> but but uh, I've totally embraced the whole dad joke thing. Uh, yeah. I just, I'm not going to change. That's uh, <laughs> no. lean into it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now Mac, um, if, if you could turn back the clocks and start out again, mm -hmm. what advice would you have for yourself? Like if you were sat next to yourself in the bar and your wife's just to have, just about to have your first baby. Well, obviously not that night, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I would tell myself to, well, I'd say you got to lay off the salt a little bit, you know, <laughs> um, just change the diet a little bit <clears throat> moving forward. But then I would say as far as advice, I would say breathe a bit more, like really breathe and calm down and don't get so mad or so frustrated. And I do have a temper, but I'm not, I don't have a temper where I've like, you know, I've never raised a hand ever. Um, and, and, and can't literally just cannot imagine that. Um, having said that real quick, quick digression. If you haven't wanted to throw your like six month old who's crying out the window, you're not actually parenting. <laughs> yeah. But that's a different, you know, that's a whole different impetus. But like, you know, I would be frustrated with something like, God damn, you know, when it would like affect my mood or I'd be, you know, and it's like, just, I think I would want to advise myself to breathe a bit more. And figure out a different way to let that frustration exist without trying to solve it. Yeah. Like, ah, this is going wrong. What do I do? And it's like, nothing, dude. Yeah. You can't do anything because this is the way it goes. There's going to be so many things that you can't solve. You can't fix. You have to summon the power to realize when you're up against one that isn't as big of a deal as you think and doesn't matter because you can't do anything about it and just breathe your way through it. Cause you're just, you're wasting valuable energy there that could be 
used to listen. That really is could could be used to try and not outwardly solve, but inwardly hear. I feel like I missed a hundred lessons from being frustrated about something. Yeah, and if I had just chilled, I might have heard something. I can't cite what they are because I missed them. Yeah, you know. And so I, you know, I I hope I've turned that corner, but I don't think you can ever really turn that corner enough. You know. Yeah, yeah, I totally hear you there, Mac. Yeah, I've definitely been in a situation um, in the past when I know I've missed things because of yeah. that frustration. And, you know, you just yeah. taint the moment as well. And you and do. I remember a specific time I was in the garden pushing the wheelbarrow, doing something or other. And and I don't know what caused it. I think is I'd really got into meditation at, at that stage and tried mm. to do a bit mm-hmm. of work each day. And I remember seeing something that I knew would trigger me normally. And, and I just looked at it and went, oh, that's that's interesting. And I just knew it didn't no, trigger you. No, it didn't. And you I was hadn't? like, I was like, whoa! Normally, I would be really triggered by that. And then I was like, oh wait, wait! This is like the watcher watching yeah. the watcher. And like, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was such a cool moment. And I don't yeah, do that cool. all the time, but yeah, it's definitely. I, I totally agree with you that if you can just breathe and give yourself that little extra moment, yeah. it just changes everything. That consideration. I remember with Frida. It's so Frida is, looks like me and like acts like her mom and Lenny looks just like her mom and acts like me. So you'd think that I would, you know, you'd lock in more with Lenny, but of course I, we butt heads because it's me against me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frida, one morning we make a pancakes a couple years ago and she did something, you know, she's nine. She did something like, like messed with the pancake well before, like poured it and then started flipping it or something. I think she was just like checking something out or experimenting. I didn't remember what it was. And just in a, in a tone that, it feels normal to me. I was like, yeah, what are you doing? That come on, use your head or something like that, right? And she stopped. It wasn't anything great, but it was just, you know, like a great. I didn't yell at her, but I was like, hey, use your head. Or something like that, right? And she was okay. And I looked over and she was kind of tearing up a little bit. Not like, oh, I'm gonna cry, but like just like I could see, you know, you 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 know yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Kids get upset. They like, they do this with their lips or their brow goes like this, right? You know, you could see. And I looked over and I saw that. And I asked her, I was like, did I upset you when I just spoke to you like that a little bit? And I just was like, since that day, it has been an automatic response. I wish I could learn. I wish I could be this good of a spouse to my wife. You know what I mean? In terms of as much of a like listener as I am as a dad to my kids in that, like, at least with Frida, when she said that, I was like, I automatically knew how to not do that anymore. Yeah. Because me with guys, you know, like dudes give each other shit, you know, whatever, but I was like, oh, that tone doesn't work. And I realized, I was like, that tone, I don't need to use that tone to get that message. Yeah. It's not necessary. It's, it's just like a different, if I, if I felt there was a lesson to impart, it could be very easily said in a different way. That is Frida's style. And that's what we were talking about earlier with Lenny. And I'm struggling, the weird thing, I'm struggling to learn that with Lenny, even though she and I are so much alike. It's like this weird thing where, I don't know. So that felt for me like what you were talking about with you saw the thing that triggered you, but didn't. That was like one of those moments where it's like, whoa, I can listen here. Yeah. And I can actually hear and do it, you know, remember that and do it the right way next time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, you've said that, you, you know, your wife's amazing. What do you think her superpower is as a parent? Uh, her superpower as a parent is um, 
is the ability to to give space and to do that while tracking. You know, it's like it's not a matter of like I will want to solve something or say no, let's talk about this and you know and she'll she'll be able to even without saying any words, she'll notice something uh grok it kind of figure out what's going on and then make the decision to pull back a bit and give the girls the space that they need. Um, and she's extremely accurate with it. Obviously none of us as parents are perfectly accurate all the time. There've been a couple times when I've been like, you know, I think you should have been more attentive to that. Probably she's got like a 97 or 98% success rate though. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> she's just good at that. She's good at space. I'm not good at space. I like, you know, I'm a talker. I like, you know, let's figure this out. Let's solve it. Hold on. Let's make lists. And she can be like quiet and wicked smart at the same time. Yeah. And that's, that's really her, her superpower. Yeah. I think what, yeah, I think, uh, I think she's very similar to my wife in that sense. Definitely balances out how I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the ba- balance is important. It does make me wonder why the hell she married me. <laughs> but, you know. Yep, likewise. <laughs> I'm hearing you, Mac. That's cool. Yeah. Now, now Mac, I want to thank you so much for this. I mean, it, like, and this is my parting gesture because I wanted to end on a haiku as well. So this. Oh, wow. I'm so excited. Th- th- this has been a blast. Thanks for the inspiration. Mac, great to meet you. That is, wow, a, a book-ended haikus, man. That is so cool. <laughs> Thanks ever so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that talk with Mac as much as I did. If you are enjoying these conversations, please give the show a rating, and even more so, please review it. I love reading the reviews, and it really helps others to discover the podcast. Now, there's one last thing I want to add. Just as we were wrapping up the interview, I noticed that Banjo stood in the studio behind Mac. I asked him about it, and he was kind enough to play a tune to end the podcast on. So I'll let Mac have the last word. When I started playing the banjo like 12, 15 years ago or whatever, a buddy of mine found one in the trash, and I was like, sure, I'll take it. And so I started to, started to try and play it, and I wanted to make music. I wanted to do music. I wanted to like create it. And, and, and then I stopped playing for like a dozen years, and I came back to it, and I'm positive it's because the girls uh but i actually realized that i was going about it the wrong way what i really wanted to do or needed to do was participate in music music already existed yeah and i just need to find my way my feet into that river not forge a new path not build a a a new aqueduct and it, it was like so it's been a totally different experience for me slower and I don't really have any aspiration except that every night Lenny asks me if I'll play banjo for her before she goes to bed, which is like pretty, good, pretty much good enough for me. That's so. awesome. I'm a little nervous. That's awesome. Thanks, Mac. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. Wonderful to meet you. And thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it.